The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. My friends, our cabinet has approved an order in council and it was signed this morning by the Lieutenant Governor. And I am pleased to announce that Albertans will go to the polls on April 16th. Well, here we go. Here we go, friends. That was uh, Premier Not well, actually, the NDP leader now, uh, Rachel Notley, uh, making the announcement this morning in Calgary uh, that the writ has been dropped and we are going to the polls on April 16th. Uh, she came out of the uh, out of the uh, holds there just gunning for Jason Kenney, as we fully expected her to do. Jason Kenney just finishing up a news conference right now this afternoon. Within the next half hour, you're going to hear from uh, five of the main uh, party leaders. We'll tell you what is going on. We'll tell you what is happening. You'll hear from them as well as um, some details on some exclusive polling that was done for Chorus Radio. We'll get to that. And who could forget this? Oh my goodness, it's a federal budget day and uh, uh, lots of things to keep an eye out there. Now, it was supposed to be starting right about now, but the Conservatives are really ticked off um, with the Liberals this morning after the Liberal-dominated Justice Committee voted to end its probe of the controversy into SNC-Lavalin. Despite Conservative NDP and NDP calls for the panel to hear further testimony from former Minister, former Justice Minister Jody Wilson-Raybould. So, Andrew Scheer saying uh, today that he will use every tool available to hold the government accountable and saying as well uh, that they're going to stall a vote on a procedural issue that will delay the budget speech by at least a half an hour today. So a bit of a moving target this show this afternoon. Uh, we'll get to the budget as soon as uh, they start reading it. We'll give you some uh, details on that. There are a number of things uh, that you can expect to hear from this budget today. And of course, one of the big ones, the Liberals hoping to you know, maybe distract your attention from the SNC-Lavalin scandal with news about pharmacare, about uh, about seniors, about uh, affordable housing, um, a job training, a number of things that we're expecting to hear about today. We'll get to that as soon as it happens. Now, as we mentioned this morning, uh, the writ has been dropped. You are going to the polls on April April 16th, um, the NDP leader, Rachel Notley, um, making the call this morning in Calgary, which, uh, you know, she is um, not doing well in the polls, uh, in the polling, rather, in Calgary. Certainly, uh, Jason Kenney and the UCP um, polling, uh, well, showing up in the polls much higher. We'll break down some of that, uh, this Ipsos polling exclusive to Chorus. But she came out and just started to attack we share common values and priorities, values that Jason Kenney fundamentally rejects. We are the progressive, moderate mainstream of Alberta politics and of Alberta history. We fight for our province. We fight for our energy industry without building firewalls against the rest of Canada. We are on track to balance our budget without destroying our public services. We help people who need help rather than just the wealthiest and the luckiest. We work to bring people together, not divide people just because of who they are or who they love. 
We take a sensible, practical, step-by-step approach to progress, not the priorities of extremist and social conservative fringe groups. Uh, that is NDP leader Rachel Notley this morning as she announced that you're going to the polls April 16th. Of course, we will have full coverage. Decision Alberta right here on 630 Ched and on the days and on that night when we go to the polls, April 16th. So, uh, again, you're going to hear from uh, a number of the party leaders this afternoon. As we mentioned, uh, Notley came out swinging at Jason Kenney. You'll hear from him coming up very shortly. He's just finishing up a news conference in Leduc right now. Uh, interesting, uh, Notley using the word lied numerous times this morning when talking about Jason Kenney. Two days ago, we learned that Mr. Kenney cheated to win his party's leadership. Shame. And when he was caught, he didn't tell the truth. Mr. Kenny looked Albertans in the eye and very casually and very comfortably lied to us. Which in many ways goes to the heart of this issue. How comfortable Mr. Kenny is with lying. Now in this campaign, Mr. Kenny needs to come clean. This issue goes directly to the choice before Albertans. It's a choice about who is going to be the Premier of Alberta and who is fit to be the Premier of Alberta. Well, who is fit to be the Premier of Alberta? That's going to be up to you again April 16th when you go to the polls and some new polling exclusive to Chorus. Um, it's showing that uh, the UCP enjoying broad, strong support right across Alberta, particularly among Calgary residents and older voters. The NDP uh, competitive among Edmonton residents and younger voters. And Rachel Notley performing better than her party. And when it comes to Jason Kenney, uh, the party performing better than Kenney. Um, she is competitive with Jason Kenney as the choice for best premier and leads Kenney on several leadership attributes, including trust, but Kenney leading on numerous other fronts. We'll break that down coming up. Do want to play uh, Jason Kenney's response to Notley's, Notley's attack this morning, just a few moments ago at a news conference in Leduc. This is sadly predictable. The NDP has to resort to the politics of personal destruction because they can't possibly defend the worst economic record in Alberta's modern history. Uh, they are desperate to talk about anything but jobs, the economy, and pipelines. They sure can't defend their failed alliance with Justin Trudeau. I predicted this from day one, uh, where I said the closer we get to the election, the nastier the NDP's anger machine will become. This is the party, this is a, a, the party whose deputy premier referred to Alberta Conservatives as, quote, sewer rats. The Premier has called her opponents xenophobes. They've called us every name in the book. Um, my goodness, they even said we wanted to, uh, her uh, communications director said we intended to, quote, blow up every school and hospital in the province. So uh, here's a warning to Albertans. You're going to hear a lot of fear and smear, a lot of uh, uh, drive-by character assassination, but we're not going to be distracted by it. We're in this to fight for Albertans who need jobs. We're in this to get our province back open for business again. We're here to talk about jobs, the economy, pipelines, and a fair deal for Alberta.
Jobs, economy, the pipelines, and a fair deal for Alberta. Jason Kennedy, Kenny, focusing on that this morning, as or this afternoon, as he spoke to reporters just about uh, 40 minutes ago, started with that again, talking about the fear and smear campaign, saying that campaign, saying that you're going to hear a lot of that over uh, the number, the next number of weeks. And again, interesting, really, not only targeting uh, Rachel Notley in his um, in his comments this afternoon afternoon, but also targeting Trudeau and talking about the failed alliance that Notley uh, has with uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau. And again, the Trudeau Liberals releasing their budget. Some of the details coming out uh, right now. We'll get to those shortly. Uh, The federal conservatives are making some stalling tactics to uh, force the Liberals to delay on uh, rising and uh, presenting it in the House this afternoon. But again, we'll get to them shortly. Um, It was tough talk. Again, he is saying that he is going to fight back. This is Jason Kenney. uh, Fight back and they have strategy uh, that they're going to develop a war room to respond in real time to the myths about our energy industry. He said uh, a vote this time, a vote for the UCP, is a vote for change. In this election, Albertans have a chance to vote for change. Change that will get this province back to work. Change that will fight without relent to build pipelines. And change that will stand up for Alberta and demand a new deal for a fair deal for Alberta and Canada. And that's exactly what United Conservatives will do. We will be offering a positive plan to get our economy back on track. We'll scrap the NDP's carbon tax and then fight Justin Trudeau's carbon tax in court. We'll deliver the job creation tax cut that leading economists project will create at least 55,000 new full-time private sector jobs. We'll cut red tape by one-third, unleashing job creators to invest uh, in our economy and to create new jobs. We'll stop the NDP's reckless plunge towards $100 billion in debt that risks our public services. We'll stand up to those blocking our resources and demand a new deal for Alberta to secure pipelines and a fair price for our energy. We'll protect our frontline public services like health care, education, and seniors programs. And all of this will be supported by a high-performance government that empowers our nurses, teachers, emergency workers, and public servants to help us get more for the taxpayers' buck. We'll remove wasteful layers of bureaucracy and push resources out to frontline workers. We'll send a message to the world that Alberta is open for business again. I can tell you one thing Albertans hate is unemployment and the corrosive effect that it has on people's lives. That's why a United Conservative government will be obsessed with creating jobs. We can't afford to continue with four more years of failed high tax, high debt, uh, high regulation, NDP economic policies. We cannot afford four more years of the Notley-Trudeau alliance. We cannot afford four more years of a party running this province that historically has been opposed to our energy industry, that historically opposed most of the pipelines, including uh, Northern Gateway and Keystone XL. 
We cannot afford to continue paying the carbon tax, and we cannot afford the NDP's planned 67% increase in that carbon tax. We cannot afford the NDP's cap on the oil sands that threatens our, our future growth. And we cannot afford a $100 billion debt that jeopardizes our public services. UCP leader Jason Kenney speaking just a short time ago. So, so far today as the writ has been dropped, you've heard from uh, Jason Kenney. You've heard from Rachel Notley. We'll take a break here when uh, we come back. Uh, well, before 4.30 this afternoon, for sure, as we make way for the City Ford Faceoff show, you'll also hear from David Kahn. You'll hear from Stephen Mandel and Derek Fildebrand. Their response to the writ being dropped right now uh, can tell you that uh, the federal liberal not wasting any time, not uh, putting up with the sheer conservative stalling tactics in the House today. They have gone ahead and released some of the details or all of the details of the federal budget. Uh, Eileen Bell joins us now. Hi, Eileen. Hey, Jay. This is... Uh, different. Different, indeed. Um, but the budget has now been tabled and we're allowed to tell you what content has happened, even though the finance minister has yet to stand and speak in the House of Commons. I've never seen this before, but let me tell you what they're doing. Federal Liberals will be spending a deficit of $19.8 billion, um, $1.7 billion over five years, $586 million a year after that for a Canada training benefit to help workers upgrade skills and acquire new ones while keeping their jobs. The benefit includes a $250 a year tax credit to pay for training programs and access to employment insurance to cover living expenses expenses for up to four weeks away from work. There is $1.18 billion over five years to toughen border security. That includes hiring more judges to handle judicial reviews of asylum applications. If you're looking at uh, being a first-time homebuyer, measures to make housing more affordable, uh, letting them borrow $35,000 from RRSPs up to $25,000, and having the Canada Mortgage and Housing Corporation contribute a small share of equity for down payment. So that's an extra 10000 you can take out of your RRSPs. A federal deficit uh, in all, as I mentioned off the top, of $19.8 billion. That includes a $3 billion risk adjustment. That's an increase of $200 million from last year's forecast. The Liberals' forecast again includes a gradual reduction in the deficit, not quite as quickly as anticipated last year. So they're not going to be getting out of debt as fast as they had promised last year. But by 2023 20 the projected federal deficit will be $11.4 billion. Now, they have $3.9 billion for farmers in supply-managed industries that are affected by new trade agreements with the U.S. and Asian countries. They've got $2.2 billion for municipalities and First Nations infrastructure projects. That'll be a one-time boost to the amount distributed through the federal gas tax transfer. $1.2 billion over three years to enhance social Social services for Indigenous families and children, main element in a package of spending that's aimed at Indigenous peoples. They're lowering the interest rate on Canada student loans to the prime rate. Currently, it's prime plus 2.5%, so that's quite a drop there. Uh, creating a new Canadian drug agency that will centralize the evaluations of the effectiveness and efficiency of new drugs and buy in bulk nationwide instead of province by province. They've got uh, 500 
$500 million a year earmarked, starting not now though, but until 2022, to subsidize the costs of drugs for rare diseases, whose high costs are distributed among very few patients. We have $300 million over three years for rebates of up to $5,000 on electric or hydrogen fuel cell vehicles. Maximum purchase price of the vehicle, though, is $45,000. And we got um, $950 million for municipal governments to refit their own buildings for energy efficiency. So if City Hall wants to upgrade their building, $950 million there. And also to provide subsidy programs for private homeowners to do the same. And the last point in the highlights, $50 million over five years to devise a new national dementia strategy. Now, there's going to be a lot of fine points that didn't come out in these highlights. Mm-hmm. We'll be looking for those and we'll we'll get those to you. All right. Thank you very much, Eileen. So the details, some of the highlights from the federal budget. Again, this is rare. This is something that never seen before. I've never seen this before. I've been in this business for 30 years. Eileen, I think you're on, on 40 and I don't think either of us have ever seen this before. Uh, we'll tell you why it's happening is because the sheer conservatives are, are um, implementing some stalling tactics. They're really ticked off with the liberals um, with with the fact um, uh, that they have kind of shut down the uh, the Justice Committee uh, investigation or the hearings rather, not investigation, it was the hearings into the Jody Wilson-Raybould and, and SNC-Lavalin and uh, I'm not going to let Wilson-Raybould testify again. So they're saying that they're going to do whatever they can to slow down the... Um, <clears throat> the tabling of the budget uh, in the House. Again, the, the federal finance minister hasn't risen and hasn't started talking about this yet. And that's usually, just to kind of pull the curtains back on this a little, that's that's how it works. That's when we're allowed to start talking about it and tell you. But the federal government has gone ahead and released it. And, uh, yeah, so it's a bit of a moving target today, Eileen. It's been an interesting <laughs> day. I seriously, never never have seen this before. And when we first got the information, I thought, uh, we're not allowed to touch yeah, this. Right? We're not allowed to talk about this. <laughs> and then, you know, it just all of a sudden we get message from headquarters of Global saying, Go budget's been it. tabled. Go to town. All right. So, so here we are in town. So yep. at 2.23, again, in a nutshell, and we'll break down these a little bit more. As Eileen had mentioned, the Trudeau government spending billions of dollars on everything from pharmacare, which is something that we were Expecting to helping workers learn new skills and making home buying easier. Uh, talking about being able to um, take out uh, up to $35,000, um, up from $25,000 out of RRSPs. But there was talk about, um, you know, extending the amortization over for first-time home buyers from 25 years to 30. I haven't seen that yet again, but there's more details to come. Um, this is the last federal budget before uh, October's federal election. And so really, the Trudeau government outlying, um, you know, the plan for the next six or seven months and um, expect these to be talking points over those coming months. The federal government is bringing in more money than forecast, but is spending all that and then some projecting a $19.8 billion deficit for the 2019 2020 fiscal year. Now, you'll remember four or five years ago, four years ago when they got in saying that they'd hope to have a balanced budget by 2019. That's not happening. Um, that's uh, tw- 200 million more boring than anticipated. The finance minister saying the government needs to deal with what he calls growing concern around the world that good jobs won't last. So we'll continue to break this down. We'll continue to hear on a, on a provincial level, level from some of the party leaders. We'll break down some uh, polling numbers as well.
Despite the fact that the finance minister hasn't risen in the House to uh, deliver the federal budget, and that's usually when we're allowed to give you the details when it's tabled in the House, um, because the conservative, um, the sheer conservatives are upset um, with the uh, liberals over SNC-Lavalin and shutting down any more hearings uh, into that, certainly trying to get uh, Jody Wilson-Raybould back on uh, on the stand. They are now uh, delaying that, but the federal government has gone ahead and released the budget. We knew going into this that this was going to be an opportunity for the Liberals to try to tell you um, about their kind of key ideas, their plans ahead of um, the federal election this October. And again, let's be real, let's be honest, um, trying to divert some of that attention away from the SNC-Lavalin scandal. Uh, We do know that polls have told us Um, that the scandal did cause some big damage to the party and certainly in that uh, voter-rich 905 uh, region down in southern Ontario. Uh, Recent reports, recent research reports by um, organizations like RBC uh, Economics said the government's fiscal position will allow it to spend big. Um, They say through the first nine months of uh, the current 2018-19 fiscal year, this is RBC, that account showed a 325 million dollar surplus the government had projected an 18.1 billion deficit and then so rbc was suggesting that it was going to spend not balance the budget which they had promised to do years back but during the election campaign they decided to go ahead or during you know the years that followed to scrap those plans in favor of sustained deficits in an effort to get through um, a sluggish economy now terry pedwell when we talk about spending spending is what they're doing today um canadian press reporter terry pedwell has some of the details the budget forecasts a deficit next year of nearly 20 billion dollars over the next while the liberals forecast includes a gradual reduction in the deficit but not quite as quickly as anticipated last year. Looking five years out, the projected federal deficit is still just under $10 billion. That is Terry Pedwell. So uh, in the budget, it takes uh, the first steps towards a national pharma care plan by creating a new Canadian drug agency aimed at reducing the cost of drugs. It also proposes help for first-time home buyers and for skills training and education. And there's money uh, for seniors, cities, and Indigenous people, most of it promised for after the fall election. So what we're seeing today is the basics. There'll be more finite details uh, 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 released in the coming days, weeks, months to come. But wanted to get into a little bit here uh, on on some of this. So on um, irregular asylum seekers, as they call them now, uh, the Liberal government... Um, saying it's trying to stem the flow of asylum seekers crossing into Canada at unofficial entry points with a new border enforcement strategy. They say it's aimed at detecting, intercepting and removing irregular migrants. This plan, which will cost $1.18 billion over five years, is promised in this budget to beef up border security and speed up the process of asylum claims. Uh, the finance minister saying the government wants to ensure Canada's asylum system is fair and effective and governed by the rule of law. Know that a number of you are worried about the number of asylum seekers that uh, have made their way across the borders in the past number of years. More than 40,000 of them have crossed the Canada-U.S. border irregularly since 2017. 
what that means is that they're avoiding official border checkpoints where they would have been turned back to the U.S. under the safe third country agreement between the two countries. The uh, border enforcement strategy saying will not only add resources to strengthen border security and speed up the processing of claims, it also promises to prioritize removing asylum claimants who entered the country irregularly. So it promises to prioritize removing asylum claimants who entered the country irregularly. Uh, Also trying to crack down on a rise in anti-immigrant sentiment in Canada with a new anti-racism strategy complete with a $45 million budget. So that is the plan on irregular asylum seekers we talked about and we knew that this would be coming i mean this farmer care um this uh, well the start towards a farmer care program uh it was talked about and we saw kind of the first steps taken um last year because one of last year's major budget announcement was for the formation of a panel looking into the feasibility of a national prescription drug program that has been an idea which has been floated by federal governments for years now and again, PharmaCare, when we're talking about PharmaCare, we're looking at universal prescription drug plans that cover everyone in Canada, regardless of their income, their age, or where they work or live. Uh, there was an interim report that was released earlier this month. Uh, it was uh, put out by the Advisory Council on the implementation of National Pharma Care. It recommended the creation of a new federal drug agency and a master prescription medication list. So today, the Liberals saying in the federal budget that has just been released that they are moving towards this by creating this new national drug agency to lower medication costs. And let me know what you think about uh, what you're hearing at 6.30, if you'd like, if if this is if some of this is hitting home for you, if some of this is ticking you off, let me know. I know there's a number of you out there uh, when it comes to medication and when it comes to access to, um, this will be important for you. Uh, give me a text at 630-630 right now. I'm going to get through this before I take any phone calls, to be honest with you, because there's a lot of talking points here. So the federal government saying the new agency will help negotiate better drug prices and drive down the cost of medication for Canadians by up to $3 billion in the long term. It, it, it involves creating a central list of drugs considered cost-effective and a strategy to lower the price of high-cost drugs used to treat rare diseases. Uh, they are saying that prescription drug spending in Canada has spiked over the past 30 years, up from $2.6 billion in 1985 to $33.7 billion in 2018. So again, they're saying that this is... Uh, the beginning of um, a move towards uh, a farmer care policy. It's the building block, so we'll see how that shakes down over the coming months. So when it comes to housing, there was a lot of talk about... um, Millennials, especially uh, yes, yeah, so younger folks being able to afford a home, uh, they're trying to help out with that. What they're saying right now, um, helping people buy first homes. Uh, has been something that they've been talking about uh, since they came into power in 2015. Um, So what they're saying is um, that Canadians... Uh, can raise the amount they can pull from their retirement savings plans to fund the purchase of their first homes from 25000 to 35000 and to allow people whose marriages or com- common law partnerships break up to dip into those savings uh, a second time. So that's when it comes to housing. There had been talk about increasing the maximum 
amortization for first-time insured buyers to 30 years from 25, but not seeing that anywhere right now, but uh, who knows in the coming weeks to come. So for our farming community out there, and again, this is going to uh, play well to the vote-rich Quebec and Ontario uh, area, the government promising billions of dollars to compensate dairy, egg, and poultry farmers affected by uh, the recent free trade agreements. They're setting aside $2.15 billion over the coming years for supply-managed farmers who lose income because of the country's trade deals with uh, Europe and the Pacific Rim. Another $1.5 billion being earmarked to compensate farmers who lose money when they sell their stakes in the three protected domestic markets, which Canada agreed to open up to more foreign competition in each of the agreements. So uh, the budget does not right now provide details for how or when the money will be doled out to farmers and producers who have uh, you know, long said that any move to expand foreign involvement in their sectors would cause them great damage. But again, you can expect uh, most of this, if not all of it, to happen after or if the federal liberals are re-elected. So again, on the money front, uh, as we're talking about this, Eileen mentioned it uh, when she gave uh, a little bit of a breakdown, a little bit of the first initial thoughts on this. Uh, Ottawa is sinking deeper into the red this year as the Liberal government plans to spend that windfall of new revenue. The federal budget predicts a deficit, ladies and gentlemen, a deficit of $19.8 billion for 2019-2020, including a $3 billion contingency fund. I know these are a lot of numbers, but I know that you want to know them. The forecast uh, compares with a $19.6 billion deficit predicted in the government's fall economic update, despite billions in unexpected revenue from income and excise taxes. So, um, based on the Liberal campaign platform in 2015, this was supposed to be the year the government books tipped back into the black with a surplus of $1 billion. Do you remember that? Saying that the uh, budget would be balanced uh, by 2019. So, reactions starting to come in, and we'll have some coming up uh, as well throughout the afternoon. Um, Scotiabank economist Rebecca Young saying the spending comes thanks to a big tax revenue windfall that the Liberals are promising, as we've heard, to spend largely after they've been re-elected. Here's Rebecca Young. We're looking approximately at $20 billion over five years in additional spending that they will undertake. Mind you, they'll still stay within their original projections largely on deficits. But what they're really doing is sprinkling it across a diverse array of, quite frankly, voters. Uh, some of your texts coming in this afternoon. Um, yep, you guys don't like the word irregular. I'm just saying what they're calling it. Yes, you're saying them illegal. Yes, that's from Mike. Yeah, I get what you're saying. Um, and when it comes to PharmaCare, Sean says my medication is quite expensive every month, so I like the idea of this PharmaCare, but my concern is the tens of thousands of illegal immigrants that will have access to this free PharmaCare and how badly that will affect the cost. Um, what about insulin or my type 1 diabetic son? It should be free. Well, we'll, we'll see how that uh, unfolds here in the coming days. Um, you guys railing against uh, uh, Prime Minister Trudeau, calling him uh, an entitled little man-child, uh, saying that the Conservatives have a right to be upset and that all Canadians should be upset with what is going on with the Justice Committee and Jody Wilson-Raybould. So, um, 
And this one, all smoke and mirrors to confuse the ill-informed electorate. Well, that's why I'm giving you some of the details that are coming out uh, right now. And again, as we've said uh, numerous times on this show, and I know Jesperson was talking about it on his show as well this morning, uh, that it is up to you to um, go to different sites, read the details inform yourself then you can make a decision when we come time uh, april 16 for the provincial election and into october for the federal election okay when we come back we'll take a look at stock options uh they were looking at ways uh certainly to help some uh, seniors as well oh federal budget day it's been a wild one today the conservatives still stalling in the house of commons the finance minister has not um, stood up, and they're saying right now that that may not that might that may not happen. But the federal uh, liberals, uh, the Trudeau government, has already released the details, and we'll keep bringing you the information. What a day it's been. The provincial election will be held April 16th. We'll get back to that and hear from uh, some of the party leaders coming up before 4.30 this afternoon. The federal budget has been released in a way that is uh, unusual than in years past. We can tell you, maybe Bauer, if you want to go to this uh, right now, we can tell you that the Tories, the federal Tories are angry that the Liberal Justice Committee moved to close the investigation of the SNC-Lavalin scandal. So... Guess what they're doing? They're stalling things in the House. So it's a lot of words and a lot of stalling right now. So um, the federal finance minister hasn't risen in the House to actually traditionally, like they normally do it, deliver the budget. But they did go ahead and just release it and and lift um, the embargo on it. So there's a few other things uh, should touch on. And again, lots of details. Well, lots of things coming out right now. Trying to get through all of this is like uh, taking a drink out of a fire hose. Um, but and more details will be released over the coming days, over the coming weeks. Um, federal government also, when it comes to stock options, uh, is changing the way stock options are taxed for big established companies. So executives who get large stock grants pay more in tax. Uh, more plans on that one uh, expected uh, to come as well. They also plan, hmm, the plan announced in the federal budget today will apply a $200,000 annual cap on stop, stock option grants that are eligible for the lower tax treatment for employees of large, long-established firms. So, yeah, more information on that coming up. And, yes, we heard this. Eileen mentioned it, uh, the federal liberal government. And, as you know, the Trudeau liberals and their commitment to repairing uh, relations with uh, Indigenous people, uh, planning to spend $4.5 billion over the next five years, $4.5 billion over the next five years, to narrow the socioeconomic gap between Indigenous and non-Indigenous people. This, again, all a part of reconciliation. Um, it includes $1.2 billion over three years to develop a long-term approach for services for First Nations children. Um, the budget also includes $220 million over five years to provide services to Inuit children who face unique challenges to access health and social services. And uh, $126.5 
million uh, in 2020 to establish a National Council on Reconciliation designed to serve as a permanent reminder of the fraught past between Canada and Indigenous peoples and to contribute to a better understanding of it. Okay, a lot of information to take in there. I'm going to take a breather. When we come back, we'll... um what are we going to do when we come back? When we come back, we are going to talk with uh, Janet Riopel, the president and CEO of the Edmonton Chamber of Commerce, as the uh, Alberta election uh, got underway today. Uh, the Chamber of Commerce releasing um, their points that they want to see happen uh, by the leaders to do what they call keep Alberta competitive. The 6.30 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 6.30 Chad.